Hey, 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 how's it going? How are you? Welcome to the underpaid and the underqualified with your host, Vince. And jaw. And uh, that pause there was, um, I don't know. Vince having I, a brain fart. Yeah, pretty much. This is the uh, third take we try to do, and uh, we're too lazy to do it again, so we're just going to stick with it. But on a brighter note, um, we've established a major milestone in the history of this podcast. What is it, you might ask? Jaw can answer. That's right, Vince. And if I was actually on top of my game and actually did my work, we probably would have done this months ago. But right now, we're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. Right now, currently, Woo! we are pending for Google Podcasts, whatever that is called. I, don't I didn't even know Google Podcasts existed. Yeah, actually, so I have a friend that listens to Google Podcasts, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to hit up whatever y'all listen to because y'all can't, well, one, can't have excuses, but also, two, I didn't know that existed, and the application is free. We're doing that. Might are as well. Gonna, are you going to delete Facebook friends if it turns out they aren't listening to the podcast now that we're on every platform? I have a lot of Facebook friends. I need to delete them. <laughs> like 99%. <laughs> That are just shows counting, how loved I am. Are we counting the ones who haven't even touched Facebook for the last year? <laughs> I'm, if we're just including my friend list and dividing that by the um, number of listeners that we have, just strictly that, then I have very little friends. <laughs> I might start promoting it now. I have yet to ever promote it because I have some friends who I think would just roast me for the dumb shit I say because that happens very frequently. <laughs> but now I might just not give a fuck. Hey, YOLO, live your best life. We're still on this podcast. Why did you have to say that, Joe? This this podcast was going strong without endorsing that hack, Drake. Come on. Hey, what if I told you I had live your best life plastered on my bed? I thought you were going to say plastered as like a chest tattoo. (laughs) What if I plaster that as a chest tattoo? I think that'd be great. I'd probably respect you a little bit more. Just a bit. Not a whole lot. (laughs) I would lose all self-respect for myself. But okay, here we are. I think it'd be... I respect you more because to me, you wouldn't be doing it seriously. To me, I don't see that as like you ever thinking like I need to do this. Like that to me, that would be for a joke. There's no way it could not be anything else but a joke. Am I right? I would only do it if I was sponsored, paid like a stupid amount of money. We're at a point where money means nothing to me. (laughs) But otherwise, I probably wouldn't do it, no. There should be an Instagram page for like dumb tattoos, like the dumbest tattoos that have ever happened or piercings or anything like that. It's probably a thing already. Yeah. You know, did I ever tell you <laughs> there's a thing like, you know, the, obviously the band Slayer is uh, like really heavy and like their fans are pretty crazy. And there's like uh, like kind of iconic image that's gone around of a guy who has Slayer carved into his arm, like actually like cut himself with the logo Slayer. <laughs> and, um, like he bleeds. Okay. But uh, there was a meme of a guy who did that with Bieber. <laughs> so he carved the word Bieber into his arm. Um, I think both groups should get checked out by a licensed professional. But okay. Oh, absolutely. But it's just <laughs> the idea of like, being dedicated to Bieber. <laughs> You're thinking about it now. Huh? That's what I'm, I, I, I'm just trying to think of something nice I can say. But all that comes out is just really non-PC things that would probably get me arrested. Well, on that note, on uh, the spirit of smooth transitions, how's your week going, <laughs> My week has been awesome. I've pretty much just been working and playing a lot of Destiny. Okay. As always. Actually, let me, let's count how many hours I'm at now. Give me a second while I pull that number up. All right, I'll uh, skedaddle while you're figuring that out. I'll do some philandering. <laughs> Filibustering. In the last seven days, I've played approximately almost 40 hours again. (laughs) I've clocked in a total time of 88 hours uh, with a margin of error of maybe like two to three hours if I just left the game on and I forgot about it. Damn. You know, it's funny too. When you said that last week and uh, you were talking about, I said something and I was trying to like calculate your week. I'm like, so you played 40 hours of a game. And you worked 40 hours, and then you, like, seem nervous, and you're like, uh, yeah, hopefully my coworkers don't listen to this. I still don't know what the hell you meant by that. <laughs> and I'm probably not going to find out now because it's public-facing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Most definitely. All right. It's Tubular. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you watching any TV shows lately? Give me a second. I swear I was watching something. Oh, I've just been watching reruns of Community. That's what I've been doing. 
That's exciting. <laughs> Not like we covered that three months ago, Joe. We covered that two months ago. Get your facts Time. straight. Time just flies. We're just having too much fun here. But um, yeah, actually, uh, I think I think I told you this. Legion, you watched that show before, right? Yeah, I really liked it. I like the first two seasons. It's a uh, it's dark. I like it. It satisfies my cravings for dark stuff <laughs> and other people's emotional distress. But yeah, it's not like a vampire cravings for dark. Uh, I have issues. I know. We already know this. All right. <laughs> We've established this. Um, yeah. So we. For anyone who doesn't know, Legion is uh, it's a show based around an X-Men character. You know, Charles Xavier, he's like the founder of the X-Men school. He had a son who had some uh, mental issues, I guess you could say, say uh, putting it lightly. And uh, it basically shows all about him. And I like the X-Men, so I figured, okay, this show's right up my alley. I like all the Marvel shows. It's, I, I like uh, the show Fargo, and the guy who did this show was also the same guy who did Fargo. So I was like, there's no way I couldn't like the show. And uh, I don't know. I didn't like the show. <laughs> it was just it was did did you understand what the fuck was going on at any point it was just like it was like it made you feel like you were schizophrenic watching it i mean the way i perceived the show was from what i recall from two years ago because i didn't realize they restarted the uh the show again or not restarted they continued on i just because i don't really watch tv unless it somehow like gets on my news feed and i'm reminded of it or um yeah, if it's convenient or not. Um, the way I saw it was the entire time, it's like you're supposed to doubt what is real, what isn't, because uh, the character of Legion, if for people who don't know, is the son of Charles Xavier. He's an Omega-level mutant, meaning that he's one of he's basically God tier, mm-hmm. like basically just can reality warp, time warp to some degree of the fabric of reality, and yes. because he has so many different personalities, and he also has a, a mental disorder, each meant uh, each personality has a different power, at least in the comics. And this one, not so much. Um, it's more just layered, mm-hmm. each personality. And so the reason why, because he's mind power, so the premise of the show, the way I saw it was, it's just to make you kind of keep your, uh, keep you guessing the entire time. And so one of the reasons why I liked it was because it's a little bit more difficult to predict, especially because they're not exactly, they're taking a lot of creative liberties on this one. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of painting Legion's picture from the original, like, whatever you know from the comic books, which is why I liked it so much. It's not easily predictable. Um, so, yeah. That's true, and I totally get that, and I do like the psychological perspective where, like, you can't tell what's real exactly. I just felt like the way they did it, I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, like, a show like Mr. Robot, I had an episode previously where I talked for, like, what, three hours about Mr. Robot and how much I liked it. Uh, I just thought like that's a show where the way they handled it was like the idea of not knowing exactly what's real and what's in his head I thought was a lot more clearly done in this one it just kind of felt a lot more scattered and it was hard to find any kind of cohesive plot like sometimes I just found myself wondering like who's the villain like why is he a villain like how, how are these characters like this when when did that happen do we ever confirm that you know like all the time I felt like I was doing that I love the style, though, the cinematography and, like, the way it was filmed and just kind of, like, the conversation pacing and the just, just the visuals, super nice. But I don't know. Just not for me. But that's fine. You know, not everything's for everyone. But isn't that, like, just an analogy of life where everything <laughs> is scatterbrained and we don't know where we are and nothing is confirmed? In terms of us, yes. Maybe not everyone else, though. <laughs> okay, some people may have their life more together than us. Obviously, we're still doing this podcast. I think by May, you mean absolutely. <laughs> I think it's confirmed everyone has their life more together than us. Hey, I've been complimented that we're still keeping up with it. <laughs> and the yeah. It's the most half-assed compliment. Yeah, good job on still doing it. <laughs> hey, actually, no, I had a friend that messaged me the other day. She's like, yeah, no, I thought about doing a podcast, but I just couldn't keep up with it and such like that I, and stuff. And I'm just like, oh okay it's like I guess that's something that i'm doing right <laughs> we haven't quit that's our only we have quantity but not quality that's your slogan <laughs> hey no it's funny too that people say they can't keep up with it because on one hand when i first hear that it sounds like total bs like oh you can't talk for an hour <laughs> and just record it and post it but on the second as someone in that position i do have a lot of days where i'm like oh fuck what are we going to talk about? <laughs> no there's definitely a lot of, I, I told my friend like there's a lot of days where i'm just like 
really don't want to record today. Just want to do something else. I don't want like two hours of my life gone just to do this. And then I'm like, oh right, I want to retire and have ad money. <laughs> we're getting there. Well, yeah, we're on our way. But um, we just need to figure out how monetization works, which is building a following. <laughs> Step A, podcast. Step B, followers. Step C, want- profit. <laughs> We worked in advertising at Twitter. That something has got to click eventually, right? <laughs> I freaking troubleshooted people, pompous assholes. That's what we. That's what I did. At least how I viewed it. Yeah, but it was advertising. I'm sure we implicitly learned a lot of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah. No. Um. You ever watch sure we... Hannibal? <laughs> by the way. The what? Hannibal. You ever watch the oh, show? Yeah. That's actually um. I finished half of it, and it's actually on Netflix now, so it's, like, even more convenient to watch, and I should probably finish it at this point. Yeah, you should, because uh, I actually just started it last night, and that's the next show on my binge list. So, past couple sh- past week, the uh, shows on my list have been <clears throat> uh, Legion and Hannibal. Actually, let me know what you think, because I have mixed feelings about Hannibal. But at least um, – so, first season, I think it was well done. Second season was kind of just, like – Okay, this is what I've noticed. It's it's very difficult for a TV show really to follow the first season because it's like you're watching the show for that premise, right? But then mm-hmm. a lot of shows really digress from that. So, for example, uh, Designated Survivor. Um, I really liked it because the premise of it was how is this person, Secretary of Housing, um, going to lead the country, which is one of the least like people joke about the easiest job compared to some of the other positions on the cabinet. Um, and this first season was really interesting where it was just like, oh, wow, how does – I was watching more on the political aspect about it, but it turns out to be like a whole conspiracy theory about like terrorism and stuff like that, and that's where I kind of just like I, – I, I, that was definitely a part of the pl- season one plot, but I guess that's not what I'm here for mm. when they start elaborating more on that. So like when shows have this overarching main question of what it was built on, then it becomes like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to watch it anymore. But once the, it digresses from what I thought it was. That's a really interesting perspective. I haven't heard that too much in like critiquing TV. And it's interesting you say the second season, you said the second season of Hannibal kind of took you out of it? The kind of, I'm trying to remember because I stopped watching it for about two years now, roughly around the yeah. same time. Actually, I stopped. Actually, that's around the time when I stopped watching a lot of TV shows because it just became a chore. Yeah. Um, there's actually that. another TV show that I, I, I used to be, I used to watch was called God Friended Me, and it's about this dude who gets like a random fan request on Facebook from God, supposedly, and then he goes out doing all these good things, and everybody's intertwined in some way, kind of thing. Yeah, I actually do remember that too. Yeah, but then uh, season two happened, and then it became like, okay, the premise of it was, all right, who is God in this case? Like, mm-hmm. is it really God, or is it some real crazy brainiac person thing, dude? AI. Mm-hmm. Um, and then season two became, happened, and then it was just kind of like, uh, they're kind of beating around the bush now, and it flipped the main protagonist to somebody else. Like, it was trying to say, okay, the main protagonist isn't that important anymore, so now we're focusing on this other person, but the main protagonist is still the main protagonist. So mm. it's like, here's this new mystery within a mystery. Mm. And then, uh, That's funny. You are we going that. back to the whole, like, who is God question kind of thing? So then I just kind of like, the build-up to this new subplot became kind of, uh, I don't really want to watch it anymore because it's not the premise of it anymore. Hmm. That's funny you went into that direction. I was going to go a completely different direction. I was just going to do a quick, so you didn't like the second season, I was going to say, because the second season of Hannibal got higher reviews. <laughs> I don't remember, where, where did I drop off? I have an app for that. <laughs> an app for helping you keep track of when you stop watching a show? No, because like I would mark like what shows have I watched. Oh yeah, so I'm on season two, episode six. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah so- I don't know. It, it, second season and third season actually got the highest reviews. It, like each season has gotten pretty high reviews. I think at least above eighty. But second and third we got, got canceled. Yeah, but that's not a, like as a result of like critical. We're talking like critical. Like critics thought it was really good. Oh. It got canceled because it's on NBC. And like, how many shows on NBC get canceled because of low viewership? A lot. Well, they're all fickle. They're pretty fickle. One of them being community. <laughs> yeah, screw them. <laughs> exactly. well, everyone, everyone calls NBC the devil because of reasons like that. But they also, a lot, Sony had a heavy hand in it as well. Like if you would listen to a lot of interviews, Sony had a lot of uh, say and a lot of pull because they're the studio that was making it, whereas NBC was just the broadcaster. 
Uh, for community? Yes. Oh, okay. They canceled. You ever watch Chuck? Did you ever watch that show back in the day? Yeah, I heard a lot of people really liked it. I tried to get into it, but it was a slow start, so I'd never finished like episode two. Man, I swear to God, it's so fucking subjective. Everyone like what everyone's definition of slow and fast is, because I thought it was pretty like fast the first episode. I don't know. I was keep in mind that I'm a very high tolerance for dark stuff, and when people told me, "Man, it's pretty dark," and I saw it, I'm like, "This is very happy go lucky." (laughs) Yeah, Chuck was not. I mean. I didn't think it was dark. It was just dramatic at times, maybe. But now like, I have too many people have very low tolerance for dark. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Conversely, like I mean, people said like Breaking Bad, like the first episode, they were just hooked like every second of it. And I remember thinking, God, there's a lot of dramatic pauses here. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, moving we all on. Got our opinions. But uh, speaking of opinions, <laughs> you want to intro the next topic, John? <laughs> yeah. So, as I think, looking back on it. I think we talked about how, like, we're going to talk about something completely different in this episode. But instead, what we're going to do this time is a part two to our previous episode from episode 33 about open-ended philosophical questions. Today, we continue some of that discussion with a few more other questions that we had brainstormed, but we couldn't fit in on our previous episode. Yeah, to be more real, the real reason that we did this, <laughs> because uh, we talked about another topic and then I just didn't want to do it because it would require homework. So I was like, what if we just did a part two? <laughs> So here so we are. Basically, Vince is a little lazy piece of shit. <laughs> I'm a big lazy piece of shit. Give me my due credit. All right. So, first topic, first question of this discussion um, right now is: is we're going to be talking about can money buy happiness? What do you think, Vince? Which is also your question that I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, like all these questions, it's not a simple yes or no. Um. Ultimately, if I had to pick yes or no, I would say no, but uh, there's nuance to it. I think Joe, Joe Rogan put it very well. He once said, yes, money can't buy happiness, but being broke as shit will make you sad. <laughs> and I think that really summarizes it pretty well, um, at least my perspective, that I think nowadays like money has become so infused in terms of, for a lot of people, happiness, just because you know the Bay Area rent's so high. At least I should say, when I say nowadays, I'm referring specifically to the Bay Area, just like standard of living. If you can't afford an apartment or you can't afford anything more than cup of noodles because you're trying to pay rent and like finding yourself working 40 plus hours just to barely make ends meet and then being in debt otherwise and having like college loans that you have to pay off, then that is 100% absolutely going to be tied into, you know, your overall state of being and not being happy. So it's more like, I think I, I forget if I actually heard about this in a psychology class I took, or if I just heard about it on the Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> most things kind of blend together like that. Um, kind of really you, says a lot about the quality of my education. <laughs> you know, the joke about how like, yeah, I grew up on TV kind of thing. Like the TV is the best dad hashtag Jeff Winger um, community. <laughs> but like for you, it's like the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's a huge influence. Uh, I mean, those episodes are long. They're like three hours. There's a, there's a lot of info there. <laughs> But um, no, I, I remember hearing something that like there is like studies have shown there is like a certain there is a correlation between money and happiness up to a point. So like once you can like, you know, pay off all your essentials and be comfortable with like, you know, doing social stuff like as much as you want, you know, not like Jeff Bezos rich, but, you know, like comfortable enough to, you know, not worry about money and like feel pretty set on everything. Then after that, it's no longer tied to happiness. So if you get past that point, just like more and more money, kind of like the billionaires making more money during the COVID, that money they're getting isn't going to make them more happy. At least I assume it's not. Uh, human nature would say so. But uh, yeah, if you can't like pay for your basic essentials, and uh, that's definitely going to be tied to your own state of being. Cool. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where I, good with the contributions. <laughs> is this where I I start chiming in now? Dude? Yes. Yay. Anyways, um, so personally, my perspective on this question is it's a little bit layered. So it, my philosophy on this is basically money may not necessarily be able to buy you happiness, but can certainly damn well buy everything else. Um, or is that love or both? Prostitution is a question. We should, we should have that be another follow-up question. Can money buy love? <laughs> All right. We will follow that up in part three. Anyways, no, but um, back to this. Um, at the end of the day is that like, yeah, money can do buy, it can buy a lot of things. Like it can buy your Ferrari, it can buy you stability, it can buy your debt, it can buy, um, EDC tickets. If that so makes you happy. That's the most expensive of any item you've mentioned. 
Jack, the the, the Jack, and uh, sure. Um, so, and it, it becomes a question of us. Okay, it can certainly buy material possessions, right? But this, at the end of the day, there's two things you have to kind of ask: is will this material possession, more of it, make me happy, or at the end of the day, it's fleeting and I want something that lasts a little bit longer, something that's lasting, right? So whether for some people they seek happiness in having children, having a legacy or something like that. Um, whether people enjoy the very concept of learning or reading books because that's just the surprise of it, right? They seek happiness in that, not necessarily material possessions per se, right? Something a little bit more ideological. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think, well, one, it depends on the people, right? Because there are definitely some people that are shallow as hell and material possessions will make them happy. But then again, there's also some people where they, they seek higher purpose or they seek something that cannot be attained legally through means of money, mm-hmm. right? And so, well, then it goes back to the question of, well, love, right? Genuine love, unconditional love that people so long for. And so um, it's interesting that there's, the, uh, there's, a, there's an interview that happened like a decade ago, right, with Tom Brady. For people who don't know who Tom Brady is, he is quarterback for the New England no, Patriots. Tom Brady is. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted to rant for a second about how like he screwed over the Rams on their 2019-2018 Super Bowl championship potential win. Screw him. Damn it all. Jared Goff sucks. But anyways, he cried in an interview. Is that the interview you were talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about Tom Brady or Jared Goff. Uh, Tom Brady. He cried when he was talking about how it took forever for him to get drafted in like the 20th pick or whatever. No, no. no. So the interview I was talking about is is that. At the time, he had a few rings already, right? And he has a supermodel wife. He's basically loved by the entire state or New England, whatever territory, screw that area of America. <laughs> I just don't like Boston, all right? <laughs> Anyways, um, as an LA sports fan, prefacing that. And so, like, he said in an interview, 60-minute interview, the, uh, the show, he said, yeah, I've had all this, but it feels like there's still more. There's, like, definitely something I'm missing, Right. And so that definitely alludes to whether it be uh, definitely something not tangible, right? Yeah. And so he's still chasing another ring. He's chasing another ring. Now he's going to Tampa Bay for uh, whether it be people argue for money or for uh, another ring, however you want to call it. The guy already has like five or six rings. People call him already the greatest of all time in football. And so like even somebody like that who has everything, they want more. Jeff Bezos. Um, depending on how you want to dissect this one, no one knows for sure, right? If he is happy, obviously he definitely cheated on his wife. I think so. Obviously, <laughs> he definitely cheated. I think, <laughs> but no, I, I just don't recall that because I remember him divorcing. But was it on the grounds of infidelity? Well, I um, just, I just like they use definitely, and then I think <laughs> this absolutely happened, possibly. <laughs> exactly. 100% of the time, it's 50% of the right. It's time, it's right. I can't think. Anyways, now, so. You realize now that we're so famous and on all these platforms, Jeff Bezos is going to hear this and sue us for every cent that we have. To my knowledge, she doesn't know any of those platforms. But then again, <laughs> I also don't remember or not whether or not he had an affair. But moving on. He's, he's one of the richest men in the world, but then he still wanted more. And obviously, uh, divorce from his wife is obviously seeking love elsewhere however you want to call love in this case Mm -hmm. um why celebrities all the time they have children but they get divorced however you want to argue that they're rich but obviously something's not clicking whether it be they marry the wrong person or they wanted more to some degree however not getting to the nitty-gritty behind that but at the end of the day definitely something wasn't clicking um but they also have wealth they have respect they have fame they have everything that i freaking want um you want fame <laughs> no more more the money part but um yeah there you go <laughs> more the stupid amount of money part that's actually a good transition because if we're talking about can money by happiness and you're talking about people from a more sociological perspective let's talk about you specifically john like what amount of money would you be happy with and like what about money or what's your relationship with money in terms of like what would be your ideal what's what's most important for you to get that type of thing $500 million in my bank account right now. <laughs> Learn to code? <laughs> Wait, what? Learn to code? I don't know. I feel like that's the best quick way to money. <laughs> to $500 million? Yeah. <laughs> Make an app. Make an app that takes off. 
Oh my gosh, this is a unicorn company. Wait, so what is your exact question? Like why, how much money is enough money for, to make me happy? No, just, just your personal take. Like you as a human, Jama, <laughs> saying your last name, sorry. Um, what, like what amount of money would you be comfortable with? You know, some, I've actually met some people. I used to think everyone would want a mansion if they could ideally have it. But uh, my girlfriend is actually the first person that made me think uh, differently about this because she said she would actually prefer like a tiny apartment because she's small and just the space would, you know, annoy her. And my parents now like kind of almost regret having a house because of all the yard work it takes. And uh, so, now, so now I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess everyone has kind of different perspectives on like their ultimate living situation and how much money they would want. So I guess curious, like what's your ideal money situation and like spending things like that? It really depends because it really depends how much money I have. So let's say that I'm really poor. So then it's like, all right, a studio apartment or a one bedroom apartment. Sure. Totally fine. But once but I know that I make I'm a certain amount. Ideal. I'm saying ideal. Like what's the perfect amount of money? you I don't know. I've enjoyed where like, if I do make a ton, of, it's like this, it's like, if I make enough money to buy the house, right. Then damn well, I'll have enough money to pay for people to do that yard work for me. So I don't have to worry about it. True. Well, I mean, my so, parents like can own a house, but they definitely aren't going to pay for people to do the yard work, <laughs> you know? Oh, to me, it's like, when you ask me this question, it's how much money will make you comfortable? It's, uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be fine in a mansion. And especially if I know that I have the means to pay for the staff to take care of my mansion for me. So like, for example, Michael Jordan has a hard time selling his home in Chicago. He goes one, a, there's not that many people that want to live in Chicago. That is of that affluence mm-hmm. level. And B, it takes basically a full staff to maintain his home. Yeah. I actually live. So that's why some people don't buy that house. It's not really worth it to them uh, financially or just business wise to them. Um, so to me, it's to be honest, living in a mansion, I probably will still be pretty damn happy. <laughs> and if I was like living in an apartment, probably wouldn't be the most happiest. But then if that's within my means, I can make it work and be content with it. Okay, so ideally you would take the mansion. If you could have any type of like money house situation, mansion would be your go-to. Yeah, so if money was no object to me, I probably would buy like a, okay, maybe not the biggest one where it's like 11 bathrooms, eight bedrooms, which I don't understand. But um, <laughs> maybe something like, yeah, I wouldn't mind a six bedroom home with like five bathrooms kind of thing. A little bit more modest, not super mansion. Yeah. I don't know if I would actually want a mansion, you know, looking on it now, like, I guess having a staff is one thing, but in a weird way, I almost would prefer like a typical, just like suburban house. I don't know. The way I think about it is like, I have, I can finally have a room just for gym. I can have finally a room just for office. I can finally have a room just to sleep. I can have these three bedrooms for guests if they want to sleep over. That's true. But don't you ever worry about getting too far removed from people? Like, you know, talking about your issues with like your friends and then you're like, oh yeah, my fucking, like they're talking about, uh, my car broke down yesterday. It sucks. And then you're like, oh yeah, my fucking butler quit yesterday. Now I have to clean my yacht all by myself. You know, I don't know. Things like that. Don't you ever worry that you like couldn't relate to friends as much if you're on such a different level? Cause that's partially why I would want to like not get so far removed. If you know, hypothetically I could ever get to that situation. I mean, ideally I hope I don't ever become a douche. But you know Woody Harrelson, the the GIF where he takes a wad of cash and wipes his face with it? Possibly. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> okay, so we learned what job prizes. Oh, uh, no. I, I, so this is what I've said before is that um, the way I stand right now, I guess we'll get a little political. The way, I guess the way I stand right now, I understand and want the things that uh, liberal and Democrat people would want. But I will be the first to admit should i make an amount of money uh to that of wealthy affluent people it would be very easy for me to have republican conservative ideologies Mm, okay i will be first to admit that and at the end of the day i've met people who say they are very liberal but knowing how much they make they do have conservative republican tendencies and i'm like I'm calling out on your BS right now. I'm just the one to admit that. That does seem to be the trend, right? That the, the, I mean, Republicans are typically the richer ones, at least. I'm sure if like, you did a study like of like demographics, like generally the richer, wealthier people are a little more conservative. Not everyone, of course, but that is like the trend you would say, right? That is. And so I guess going back to our question of like, can money buy happiness? I think 
for me to sum it all up, wrap it on a pretty bow is, is that at the end of the day, it's like people will say that, but then it really depends on so many different factors on where they are in life and what they value to whether or not they can make that argument of money can buy happiness or not. Yeah. I think for me personally, looking at my own situation, like it's almost like it's like a dangerous potential because I have a one track mind, (laughs) which can be like the greatest thing or the worst thing at times. So like if I'm focused on something that I'm really into and doesn't require any money, then I'm totally fine not making any money. But if I'm like focused on like something that requires money, then I'm going to obsess over it and like want to do it. So like, say like, I don't know, I'm on a really big fitness kick and I'm like all about like, you know, getting faster mile times and improving from yesterday, that type of thing. And that's all I'm going to care about. But if it's like, I don't know, say I'm like, uh, wanting to, I don't fucking know, build a car and or a bike. Say I get really into cars and I want to get the super nice car that comes out, but it costs a fuck ton of money that I'm going to be like blowing all my wad into. Um, yeah, then I'll get obsessed with that. So at least for me, I feel like personally, it's like I have the potential to either be way too obsessed with money or not thinking about it all and totally detached. It just kind of like depends on what I'm into at the moment. So it's almost like danger. It's like the potential to go anywhere is dangerous. I wonder if other people feel like that or that's just me. I mean, to some degree, I kind of feel like that too, especially with um, kind of not really similar to aspect of uh, cars or video games. So right now, currently there's a ton of video games out there and there's a lot of downloadable content. You have to pay extra for the extra content. Um, and so for me, it's like, if I buy one thing, I kind of want to buy everything. And in this case, to sum it up, money kind of does buy happiness because with that money, I can instantly buy instant gratification to buy these things. Um, so one somewhat still popular game, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, they keep having new DLC, new expansions, new expansions. You have to pay seven, six, seven, ten bucks to buy the next three characters that they re they, they, they newly released. Um, and it was like, this is the final expansion to this season. But we have this new characters coming out next season, but we won't tell you until we feel like telling you. That's an example. And I calculated how much it would to buy all that content. And it's like basically buying the game twice over again. Um, Another example of cars, for example, it's like, okay, so I I would like to have a Camaro in the future, but there's different um, trims. Each trim gets more and more horsepower. Yeah. Better specs. The most expensive one is basically a beast. (laughs) And then it becomes a question of like, just for 10 extra thousand dollars, not that much if you think about it, to have permanent happiness because I'll have this for at least 10, 12 years, whatever. Mm -hmm. X amount of years. So yeah, in this case, it's like, yeah, but money will definitely make me pretty damn happy if I get that. And then when you buy the lower tier, knowing buying within your means, it can also become very, I should have shelled out just a little bit more to get that. Yeah, it's also kind of like Apple products too and other tech companies. They always like build, like I say Apple specifically because they have such a cult following and people will just like get into whatever they're releasing because it's Apple and they love like, you know, the history and what they always come up with and the style and the brand and whatnot. People like Apple specifically will make, you know, incompatible chargers with certain products or like they'll always be releasing a new product that people feel like they have to go out and get a lot of times. Um, And, you know, it doesn't relate to me so much because I don't give a fuck about Apple. I think their products are bleh you know, even though I have <laughs> a few, but um, that's another idea kind of similar to what you're talking about, like with the Dragon Ball Z like package of like new things constantly coming out. Cause I mean, it's like businesses, this is going to be the dumbest statement ever, but it's like businesses prey on psychological tendencies of humans to do things like this and like, come, like, you know, get obsessed with a certain brand and feel like they just need more and more and need to like complete the set, you know, type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So it's so in this case, going back on the question is does can money buy happiness? Definitely at the end of the day, fleeting for sure. And but at the end of the day, I think it also doesn't help that we live in America. So yeah, it a lot of people when they buy things, it definitely makes them pretty damn happy. Yeah, that's another good caveat, actually. Fleeting happiness or, like, long-term happiness? Because, yeah, you get the Dragon Ball Z pack. Yeah, you get the new Apple thing. But how long does it really last compared to, like, I don't know, the joy of having a kid that you're, like, 
seeing Flo, I guess, depends on the situation of having the kid. The joy of wanting to have a kid and having a kid. I think we'd all agree having a kid is a much better investment for happiness than, um, you know, buying the new dumb iPhone that comes out. Well, this is Dragon Ball's universe because that game has lasted a lot longer than its original intended shelf life. <laughs> like, I think... No, <laughs> it, no, it's funny because like, I read an article where it's like, surprisingly, this community is still thriving. We don't know why, but it still is. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'm not going to get Dragon Ball's <laughs> Xenoverse then because I don't want to get addicted to that thing. But uh, I don't know. I feel like there's really, at least for me, there's not a clear answer to this question. There's so many levels to it. It's hard to just address in a like 10-minute thing. But my ultimate MO would just be um, you need a certain amount money is correlated to a certain amount to be happy, but once you've kind of satisfied all your needs, then it isn't, and you need to distinguish between things that will make you like with fleeting happiness or be long-term happiness. So that's my kind of conclusion. Yeah, I think mine's just a little bit different where it's like, it really depends at the end of the day what person values. But at the very least, I do agree with you that it does buy fleeting happiness to a degree, or at least it buys happiness up to a point. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, all right, next topic. Oh, me? Okay. Is there such a thing as a soulmate? Um, I just want to see the longest pause we could have to really show that we're stumped on this question. Um, oh, are you stumped? Because I already have an answer. Oh, okay. Well, I kind of have a brief one. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to recite another comedian. All my answers are just going to be taking things from other comedians. The first one is from Joe Rogan. This one is now from Bo Burnham. Um, yeah, so he described this pretty well. So I never, okay, I guess soulmate is one of those phrases that has a few different interpretations. You know, there's the idea like, like spiritually two souls were disconnected from the far ether and then they were um, put into, you know, random kind of situations of people. And then when they finally meet, that's how you know you're a soulmate because you were just like destiny, you know, made it so you would be met like that. I think that's bullshit. I don't think that's true. Um, I just think there's so many people you could have a million soulmates by that definition of just getting along with them and feeling like you really click with them. It's just a matter of actually finding that person. But um, Bo Burnham, he had a good perspective on it where he basically said the same thing that he didn't believe in that type of, you know, soulmate, but he believed more that you can like create a soulmate as in like, you can only call someone your soulmate if you've actually kind of gone to hell with them. You know, if you've been together, you know, upwards of like 10, 20 years and you kind of know more about them than any other person on earth. And you've like established those kind of experiences that you can both look back on. That's, it's almost like soulmate is a thing. It sounds super cheesy and like overly romantic to say, but I think it's like something, that idea is something you can like create rather than something that's inherently just like there from the get go. So my opinion is that um, I don't believe in the, I don't believe in soulmates because I think it's definitely there can be people that are more compatible, but also timing plays into it. Um, if you listen to our dating podcasts, I've probably mentioned it where it's like timing is a lot. Uh, it really affects it a lot. And then um, the, uh, what you call it? So there's a, a whole study of like arranged marriages, right? So people are saying, are couples happier when they marry somebody that they want to marry or are they more happier than people who end up marrying like in arranged marriage mm -hmm. and so they did a study and it turns out that they're equally as happy if not more happy the arranged marriage because these people kind of like going off what you're saying is that these people have kind of like lived life with each other they grew to like to each like each other as opposed to having an initial spark wow so really they're equal between people with arranged marriage and people who just like freely chose their own partner yeah or something like that. It's like, it's, they're actually pretty damn happy with an arranged marriage. Uh, I mean, yeah, that is very surprising to me. Honestly, that's like something I almost want to look more into and wonder if that's more like the cultural thing. Like, was it only in one area too? Or was it like a few different geos? I don't recall, but I think it's just in general arranged marriages in different areas. It's because the concept of like, they got to know each other. They're forced into this. So it became kind of like um, two people them against the world yeah i think that is a strong kind of bond that can grow when like you're both kind of relating in the same situation but 
like for example like when we worked at twitter like i think in our immediate team there was kind of like a bond like this sucks <laughs> so you got a bond with people about having like one shared enemy you know it's always like enemy and my enemy is my friend yeah. um but to me there's also a lot of people i could like be arranged to like date that i think even though we'd have that shared situation i'd probably still hate them <laughs> don't you think so too for you who knows timing right it goes back to that it, it, a lot of people were saying like oh man if i met my spouse just one year before then like during this whole character growth or whatever the hell you want to uh throw in there to convolute this it's like i probably would have never dated them or it's like oh if like maybe high school sweethearts who like I mean, not high school sweethearts, but like people who knew each other in high school, but they end up dating later on in life. They probably would have been a good fit in high school, but now they're good later on. And so it really becomes like, well, timing is a thing. And so the question of like soulmates, it, there's only one person you can ever marry, but there's always people who live very long, happy marriages with their significant other. They may not necessarily be their soulmate. It just things worked out for them which just means I'm really severely unlucky screw my life. But <laughs> no, I mean, that's interesting about the timing. I might actually mildly disagree just to make sure I was like hearing you correctly. Do you think there is a case where timing could change whether or not an arranged marriage involves people loving each other and actually like growing to have a good relationship versus bad timing with those same exact people could have a completely different result where they hate each other? Like you think timing is a factor that can change like a good marriage to a bad marriage? Yes. I think timing can affect marriages as a whole, specifically to an arranged marriage may not necessarily be the case. So I think anything is possible. And that is definitely something that is very possible for many couples, but I think it might, at least in my mind, personally, I might think it's more the exception rather than the rule. Um, it seems like that's hard for me to believe. I feel like, I don't know, just for my like interactions with people and just kind of knowing just how people change over time. And just, I feel like at least personally speaking, when I meet someone, I just generally have this vibe. I'm like, I like this person. Like it's, I haven't had a whole lot of situations where I've really not liked someone at first. And then I've grown to really become close friends with them. <laughs> so kind of like I make first impressions are usually pretty set for me for the most part. You know, I don't know. Do you feel different? Like, have you ever met a like person you're romantically interested in that like it totally changed over time or vice versa. Like, or I guess just have your first impressions ever like been totally different from how you ultimately felt about someone. Yeah. Our coworker, Casey. <laughs> he said his name out loud. Jesus. Jesus. Oh. Job, we're getting famous. I mean, take it easy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this guy, I mean, my first impression of him when I came back from vacation, I was like, who the hell are you? And then after getting to know him towards the end of work was like, Hey, from I really despised you because you said something stupid during a meeting to, hey, I actually genuinely did enjoy working with you. So that's a good example. There's an example of that. And so that's the thing is that like the timing of that probably didn't work out, but as we got to know each other. So it's one of those things where it's like, is there a soulmate? No. But in order to find love, I think there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of timing one, right? Experience is another. Yeah. Um, like maybe you had one bad first impression, but then you get to know this person, boom, which is why going back on the whole online dating thing, it's like you only have that first impression outside of that. You really don't have a chance after that um, to really yeah. continue on. And it could, in a diff if you guys met in a different setting, like let's say you guys met in a friend gathering, boom, you guys could have been a uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, but just because you didn't know what to say virtually that one moment, it's an immediate turnoff for her. Wow. That's very interesting to hear this because I've actually had a different philosophy whenever I was dating. Like if I didn't hook up with somebody like previously when I was single, I would think, okay, this could have never happened anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> like I would, I always felt like people it like, it's almost like nature's like a river where it's naturally going to flow one way. And like, you can try to do things that stop it, but it's always going to be like, just how you interact with people, how you end up with people. It's like, it's going to happen. Like you could get off on the wrong foot, but you're ultimately still going to have the same outcome, you know, that you would have if you had even gotten off on the right foot. Um, and I could be totally wrong about that. And there's always exceptions to the rule, but I, that's how I've generally felt. Like anytime I've ever either been with a girl or not been with a girl, I've always thought like, this is the way it was always going to be, <laughs> you know, but that's very interesting that you uh, have a different perspective. 
Um, I mean, yeah, just for me, at least it's like different experiences, not necessarily like a significant other, but definitely different relationships with friends. So all that, those are different times of bonds and relationships. It's like, I wouldn't be friends with certain people if we met under different circumstances. Um, like for example, my roommates were very, or my old call, my old college roommates were all very different people. Chances are all of us wouldn't have been friends if we didn't share the same dorm. But because we shared the same dorm and we were all, and we realized, oh, we're all pretty chill. Because I remember we had a conversation where we talked about, I remember seeing each and every one of you in your Facebook images. There was nothing more, like I was just genuinely not interested, if anything, scared of you. Like we all had some varying degrees of those feelings. You were scared of them? <laughs> to, to a degree, I was just like, oh, great. That guy's just a normal white boy who's just probably super into girls. Who has a Justin Damn, Bieber yeah, haircut? Tone it down. <laughs> hey, I've told them this before, so they're totally chill with this. No need to bring a color job. We're all colorblind. I had a, I had another friend, uh, another housemate. He's Korean. He was wearing like it was also uh, World Cup season. He was decked out in uh, Korean gear to uh, represent Korea, right? And I was just like, dang it, he's one of those other Korean fanboys that just looks stupid weird, and I'm not, I'm not going to get along with. And there's my roommate. What the hell kind of picture is that? Um, but I turned out to really enjoy living with these people and probably some of the best years of my life in college with these guys. Um, but no, if we can meet each other in different circumstances. But then, like, we're also very different people. Yeah. So it definitely, we wouldn't have been friends. That's a good example. And I think I should clarify, too. So I actually have had similar things where when I went to college, I, like, looked up my, like, roommates on Facebook. and ultimately my opinions were actually kind of similar with how they did turn out um a little bit different but when i when i say that i meet someone my impression is like the same as like ultimately how it ends up i mean just like 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 my respect for him at least like I, when i meet someone i feel like there haven't often been times where i met someone i thought they were totally cool and then they're like you know a sociopath who steals or like does terrible things and that's not to say obviously that doesn't happen but i just feel like for the most part my opinion of someone doesn't change too much from when I first meet them. Um, and from my experience for the most part, and, and my, there are for sure cases where like uh, you could be friend more likely to be friends with someone under certain pretenses. Uh, but ultimately, I guess ultimately I feel like if you, re if you respect someone and have similar values, even if you get off on the wrong foot, you're ultimately, it's going to adjust itself because both people should be able to recognize that they do have similar values. So I think that's why I think that. And so, yeah. All right. So back to the original question, are there soulmates? Um, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, the answer for this one is no. And at least for my answer is that because there's so much that goes into a relationship, it can be very shallow as in like, Oh my gosh, we love the same type of music. We should totally hook up and be like, in a relationship or it can also go as deep as like oh my gosh we struggled through this together and we realized that we had so much in common uh let's get married that's my stance um trying to like comprehend that i don't know my basic stance is uh i think kind of like what i said in the start you're not gonna have a soulmate just for meeting someone but if you like go through you know a lot of experiences together we really bond you can be a soulmate but that's not to say like just going through those experiences makes you a soulmate because you could live 20 years with someone you hate and i don't think you're <laughs> gonna want to call them a soulmate if you hate them so i think a soulmate is only like the idea of a soulmate i hate the term it sounds way too <laughs> romantic but the idea of a soulmate is only if you actually like like the person and feel a close kinship with them and like close connection and you've gone through those shared experiences together so that's my ultimate opinion and yeah some of the stuff about like arranged marriages i don't know i i have a hard time believing that those results i mean they could be true but i have a hard time believing at least for me that that would be the case so all right next question <laughs> you're really good at smooth transition john <laughs> i'm very blunt people have told me that like yeah talking to you is just cut and dry yeah you don't really feed off what people say sometimes sometimes you're just like okay i'm gonna talk about this now <laughs> i've like, already processed it and i'm like i don't know what else you want me to say there's nothing else to add on <laughs> something similar i don't know i like how i'm critiquing you openly on our podcast <laughs> uh well that's my charm suck it up um 
Uh, is it better part. to be uh, honest or kind? Yes. Um, you want to start off this one? <laughs> All right. So my answer is really depends on the situation. Depends <laughs> on the person. There's some people who are just genuinely like they cannot take honesty at all to any degree too sensitive the i mean without getting into too deep of it let's name some names Jeff. who's who in your contact list does this apply to <laughs> you already called out casey that, uh, i i hesitate on that one i knew i was going to hesitate but i was just like ah, i don't care it's already been too many years far removed that, like that. you really like went head first into it i was just like jesus Jeff, come on oh no i totally hesitate on that one but then i was just like ah it's been enough years and also i'm saying something positive not anything negative okay anyways so i mean there's definitely people where it's like no matter how honest you can get but they'll somehow take it offense to it no matter what and be like oh you're wrong but i'm just going to be polite to take your honesty kind of thing whether it be positive criticism or not um you can be kind to them but at the same time it doesn't really address the issue right so is it better to be honest or kind it really depends on the situation but also like what is the ultimate goal of what you're trying to get out of that situation, right? So if you're trying to educate somebody, honesty probably is the best answer, right? Um, if you're trying to, if a person is dying of cancer and they don't have much left to live, kindness probably is the better thing to do. Yeah, I agree. It's very contextual based. Um, yeah, it depends. It for sure depends on the situation and how urgent things are. So if you're like learning a skill that's really urgent, they need to learn fast. I think everyone would prioritize honesty and like really getting across the essentials. Um, or if you're like in a time crunch where you really need something, I think that's when everyone, you know, kind of, kind of deprioritizes the kindness and like, all right, let's just get the essentials out of the way for what we need to get done. Um, but that being said, I think the people that I really admire are people who just have like a certain level of manner and kindness ingrained in them when they're being efficient. And it's not everyone for sure. There's some people when they, are like stressed out they're like oh i turned into a bitch sorry you know just deal with it <laughs> but they're nice like otherwise and then there's some people who are efficient but like like one example i've had like past managers who have been like under the wire or like um like high pressure situations but the specific way they phrase like sentiments like can you like do this you know sentiments like can this be done like why did this happen are just so like subtle, but so effective and coming across like respectfully and not calling someone out and also not being like super rude that that's the stuff I've always kind of strive for. So like kind of having a happy medium where you are being kind and respectful and people don't feel alienated or don't feel like they're being called out, but also you're making sure the essentials are getting done. So that's the stuff I really like strive for. I don't know. Have you had that experience with people and like managers? Oh, uh, I mean, I get passive aggressive, but <laughs> no that's the exact opposite not passive aggressive it's like efficient but like kind i mean at the end of the day i mean there can be various varying degrees of like to be kind but to be honest but to be kind of gentle about it right yeah. uh so that's a form of kindness um if we're just talking about black and white strictly depends on the situation for sure but then at the end of the day like if you're being honest you should be kind or you should be gentle about it especially if it's something you're trying to bring up to a friend right Mm-hmm. Um, and you just hope that they, they understand. Um, yeah. so yeah, so it's like, it's ultimately that's, everybody has a choice on how they want to respond and that's just what it comes down to. Yeah. I think for me, a good example would be like when I first went to UC Santa Barbara, like roommate situation, one roommate, not going to mention his name, but I'm sure anyone who listens to this, if they do could figure out who, um, he was almost like, it was almost like he was the yin to my yang in a not compatible way he was just my opposite like every way like I liked Bruce Springsteen he hated Bruce Springsteen like Tom Petty I hated Tom Petty like that kind of like polar opposite like I fucking love Green Day he hated Green Day he uh like hated NorCal he always said like NorCal was like ew NorCal like I hate the word hello that type of thing um it's just like every possible thing that we could disagree on we did and not even just like in terms of shallow things that we like but in terms of like priorities and like kind of like manners and whatnot because I would always try to be kind to everyone because my philosophy is like you know just be nice even if you don't like someone be nice because you don't know what they're going through you know like the quote says um and just try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and even if you don't like them just don't be around just try to not be near them and like there's no need to directly call someone out if like you don't have to unless you're like forced to be involved with them directly and they're like really 
hampering your lifestyle or like hindering or just conflicting in how you're doing things. But um, he was always more the opposite. Like he preferred to be honest. Like he would be like super rude and like super just dickish a lot of the times. But things he said in his opinion, he'd be like, he didn't focus on opinion so much. He like thought like his opinions were fact a lot of times it felt like. Uh, he like one quote he actually said was like, if you didn't like a certain thing, you should be euthanized. You know, like if you didn't subscribe to anyone who doesn't subscribe to this opinion should be euthanized. I used to say he was like Hitler with his opinions, but his like excuse was always like, I'm honest. But at the same time, it's like honesty isn't accuracy. It's like you're saying what you believe is not like it's the truth. Um, so I think that's one example where like I really like don't prefer honesty because he was a dick <laughs> so if you're a dick don't be honest i guess sounds like a great guy <laughs> i don't know i'd be very curious if you ever met him someday but um if i want to the podcast let's see what happens wait what if i want to the podcast and see what happens <laughs> yeah uh, i'll just send him this po- i haven't talked to him since college i'll just send him this episode randomly and like timestamp that moment <laughs> but uh <laughs> I don't know. So I guess it, it slightly depends. So in that case, like he definitely, he was very honest, sure, but he was like a dick. So I think he could have, you know, been a lot more kind with certain things and kind of prioritizing how people could be going through shit. You know, maybe it's not like helping them to just be a total dick sometimes. Um, and it kind of, I don't know if you feel this way, but do you feel like when someone's being a dick, it's kind of a lack of like emotional intelligence on their part. Like they can't have the like patience to like actually put up with someone and be a little more kind. So coming from me on moments where sometimes I am blunt and I kind of just stop caring about being blunt. So definitely there's, for my perspective is, is that there are certain people where it's like, you do need to be softer and gentler with them. And then you kind of like, okay, I will probably sugarcoat this to try and make you understand. But if you're not going to get it the first couple of times, my patience only runs so far until I'm just going to be blunt, honest. Mm-hmm. So you actually get the message. Yeah. And so, at least in my case, it's, I will try to understand the situation as best as possible to be kind and gentle about it, but realize the second I stop caring, it's going to come out very straightforward. And I really don't care how you feel at that point. Cause you had your, to me, the way I see it is like, you had your chance to understand and it could be a learning thing. It could be my communication either way, but at this point, I'm not going to be around the bush anymore. I'm going to cut straight to the chase. You're saying you like try to give, you try to be kind, but then if somebody kind of like is like unreasonably not getting something or not like working with you to like where you're happy with, that's when you'll kind of be more, the gloves come off, you'd be more honest and possibly rude. Yes. So what's like a situation like training someone, would you say at work or like, what's another thing? Um, okay. So this one, I won't be using names, but there's definitely a case where like somebody to ask me to uh, help address an issue. Right. And I'm addressing another issue with a person and I'm trying to uh, convey to them, Hey, so let's talk about this issue. Right. And let's use this platform as a way to talk about this issue. So then we don't involve anybody else. Not, not telling them that these people feel uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. And as I'm trying to discuss it, they're just giving me kind of like, no response basically just like uh-huh i think that's a great idea and no follow-up or just gives me a thumbs up mm-hmm. and it's like okay here listen you little shit um because they're not listening no because they're just yeah. not getting it it's like i'm trying to be nice like hey let's like use this platform to talk about your issue that you have been expressing but not involve everybody else because everybody else feels uncomfortable addressing this issue because they don't know how to handle it. And I'm one of like a couple people that's best suited for this situation. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm trying to explain to him, like, hey, let's use this uh, chat. Let's use this um, medium to, to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And all I get is pretty much like, yeah, it's a great idea. Thanks, dude. And we mm-hmm. don't talk about the issue. That's an interesting example. So you just feel like you gave an idea trying to be helpful and the person just like wasn't listening and just blew it off and that annoyed you? Yeah. And then it's like, all right, here, listen, you little shit. Let me get to the point. But I didn't get to the point. It was just more just like, that would be an example of like where I'm about to go. All right, listen here. This is what's going on. Let's talk about, (laughs) let's finally talk about this issue now is one example. Another would probably be like uh, training or, Oh, one example is like when people try to, so my name in Chinese 
it to it's not a normal word that you use in like any day sentence right so like chinese names it would be like oh my name means x y and z but then my name in in mandarin chinese is already a pronoun it's like a name like jason it's like something you use to for a place it's like a proper noun hmm, okay. there's not much meaning and it's difficult to use it in a sentence like you can but it's just not common yeah and so when i tell people oh it means that and then um my name also sounds like the word for a house in chinese so it's like oh your name means horse house my last name is, means horse and that's standard <laughs> and so like i've already tried to correct the guy I'm sorry. X amount of times. And then this is in college. And after correcting him, I just gave up. And people were like, hey, you know, he's saying that, right? Like he's telling people that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I already tried correcting him. I just assume he's retarded. So I don't care. Oh, yeah, come on. PC, man. (laughs) All right. I assume the guy is just mentally disabled. So I just don't care. (laughs) Wow. All right. Um, That's interesting. That's. I'm just thinking this is the episode we called out Casey. We uh, said the R word, the hard R. Oh, man. Apologies for anybody who find offense to this word. You really you really picked the time that we hit it bigs with all the platforms to get it super offensive. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to just cut that out later. Anyways, no, yeah, but. It's not, it's not that bad. Um, what was I going to say? Um, so I see what you're saying. I think, yeah, a big caveat for me at least is like, so I agree that like I, my patience does kind of wear off if like you think you're giving someone more than enough, like kind of flex more than enough. Uh, what's the word kind of, ah, geez. Well, it's the fucking word more than enough kind of uh, slack. That's the word. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for more than enough slack to learn something and then just not learning it. That is definitely frustrating. And then my patience would go down after a certain point. I think a big thing for me is like a caveat I should have mentioned is I'll be kind to someone as long as they're being kind. But the second they are like unjustifiably a douche, I have absolutely no consideration for also like being kind to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like one example, um, I used, my first job was uh, part of it was customer service. And there was this one uh, lady who called in uh, wanting to do this like tour. And it was cause it was, we worked in like travel and tourism and she wanted to do, I don't know, some kind of, activity that involved like groups of two at least like a minimum and uh she called in and she was like oh i was just wondering do you guys like have a bias against people who only like like want to do like solo activities and don't have a single person to go with and then i was like thinking like oh this sounds kind of sad she like like is only alone and wants to do this thing but can't do it and then i was like oh no you know it's i mean it's not for that it's really like money wise it's only makes sense if they have at least two people i was explaining the reasons and then after like a minute, she was just like, Vince, Vince, shut up. I just asked a question. Like, and I said, I granted, I definitely do have long winded answers, but this wasn't one of them. And um, so in that case, and like her saying that it was like, all right, I, if I told this lady to fuck off and then she's a piece of shit, I would have absolutely no sympathy. She's already kind of killed that. <laughs> At least my opinion of her, you know, so. Wait, so what happened? How'd she respond? Now I'm curious. <laughs> I obviously didn't say that because it was a job. I couldn't be like, go fuck yourself. Although funny enough, I feel like every job should grant you one get out of jail free. Oh, no. I mean, like after you explained the reason why, how'd she respond? Uh, She, well, first she like, like I said, she cut in and she was like, Vince, shut up. I only asked like this one question. Like, geez, get on and on and on, you know? Uh, Oh, she said that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like, now I know why you're single because nobody wants to fucking hang out with you because you're a fucking bitch. (laughs) Can I use Uh, the R word now? huh can i oh, use yeah. the r word now <laughs> anyway yeah, no, now, um, now it's appropriate so uh yeah so in that case i think i would have no i wouldn't want to be kind to her so yeah th- things like that yeah so it's definitely it's like i will give you uh I'll, I'll try to be understanding but definitely if i have to repeat myself a couple times then i'm like all right i just assume that you can't comprehend it or you you just genuinely don't care enough so why should i care mm-hmm. yeah and also, I mean, have you been in situations where someone's like a dick to you or like not learning something, but they're under like situations where you like kind of still give them sympathy? Like, I don't know, like you, like normally you would be like, oh, this person's annoying me, but at the same time, they're going something through something like really hard, like maybe a family tragedy or like, I don't know, some debilitating illness in the their day to day. I don't know. You ever felt that way? Yeah. Like definitely if they have some type of, if they're going through something, then give them some slack, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I think we're both on the same page about that. That's why I don't think you're a sociopath because you do have empathy <laughs> to a certain degree. Uh, it's definitely conditional. Anyways, moving on. For our listeners, John uh, took a sociopath test and passed <laughs> a long time ago. Pass or failed? <laughs> you passed, though. Exactly. Anyways. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if we have time for the last question. We should go on to another episode of that. What do you think? Because somebody had to be selfish to have all the topics about himself. <laughs> all right. Well, all next episode that we do this thing can be. What do you mean? It wasn't all about me. I, I talked as much as you, maybe more. No, I meant the three questions that we had. They came I didn't from you. Up, you could have got you introduced them. You could have done it. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is, but you could have gone into it. <laughs> All right. No. So this is a topic that we I teased last episode. And so we are probably going to have a recurring theme, at least for philosophical, like open-ended questions where it's like not necessarily a great, there's no black and white answer, but more of a gray. And so definitely the next question I've teased in episode 33 for our listeners, if you want to go back and find that Easter egg, by all means go for it, but we will definitely include another part three. And etc. Absolutely, absolutely no one is gonna look back and try to find that Easter egg. Hey, you don't know. Once we go become rich and famous, people will be like, Oh, let me go back to that last episode. That's what he's alluding, and then just give us an entire psychoanalytic like profile of us. Yeah. Just how conceited I mean, and broken we are as human beings in the human condition. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to wrap up things. I can't I can't top it. I can't top that. But yeah, anyways, thank you for listening. Um be sure to tune in onto iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Uh, Spotify and iTunes and hopefully soon keep our fingers crossed Google uh, podcast playlist thing Ooh. yeah anyway. stay tuned for when we drop the next episode not the next episode but the future episode where we finally reveal what this topic was <laughs> exactly all right good night good luck stay safe <laughs> bye good luck see ya <laughs>